27th episode of the Promo Guy podcast, brought to you as always by Mojo, the stock market for sports. Mojo has been the sports stock market, offering probability-based odds, live cash outs, and a one-of-a-kind player prop selection. But now, the creators of Sunday Slams are bringing you an all-new way to play DFS, and they're in a whole bunch of new states. Sign up using code TPG for a 100% deposit match up to $100. So use the code, you get basically a free $100 as long as you deposit $100. Uh, and Nick, uh, they have a new awesome giveaway. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to introduce you guys to the moonshot contest. It's a free to enter contest where contestants start with a very fake 200 mojo bucks. That does not mean you have to deposit anything. You are given 200 fake dollars to play with. And if you could turn that into a fake $2,000, you win a very real $10,000. So let me try and explain that again. You're given 200 fake dollars. If you could 10 exit, you get $10,000 for doing so. Entrants can pick from all first touchdown props available and need to get all their picks right to 10x their portfolio. Now, I don't even know if that's fully true. TPG, can you explain how they would be able to get to the 10x without necessarily hitting everyone? Yeah, you don't you don't have to hit all four. You bet four, well bet. It's again, it's fake money, but you know, you hypothetically bet uh, on four first touchdown each of them are 50 mojo bucks uh, a piece uh, to get to the 200 mojo bucks. And if at the end, you know, whether you hit one for really long odds, you hit all four for not that long odds, or you hit three for not that long odds, as long as you end up with 2000 mojo bucks at the end of the, of the, the four, you know, fake bets, you literally get $10,000, uh, even though you didn't risk anything. Uh, this is again, a very reasonable, like, no, you're not expected to, to do it. Obviously, you're not expected to 10x your money on four bets, but it's doable and you get $10,000 at the end of it. And it's a fun thing to root for uh, each week. I, I don't know how many weeks they're running it, but uh, a really great promo there. A lot of fun. Uh, I do have a first touchdown guy I recommend following if you need help with it. Uh, NFL first touchdown, I believe, or NFL first score is his Twitter name. He's Heisenberg in my Discord. Uh, he's had a really excellent season. So, uh, check them out, especially if you're looking for some inspiration on these first touchdown bets. Okay. Nick, how you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing? NBA is back. It's uh, it's a fun time of year. We have uh, MLB, NFL, NHL, and NBA all at the same time. Yeah, it's nice. It's it's keeping me crazy busy, but uh, but it's good. It's nice to have everything in full swing. You know, you, you sort of yearn for these weeks, days, months, uh, when it's the quiet time during the summer. So we are as busy as we'll ever, we'll ever be now that uh, NBA's back. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a bit overwhelming to get back into the flow of the amount of props and lines that you're seeing every single day right now. Um, it's got to be fun, and hopefully it's leading to a lot of money for your community. So let's hear, uh, let's hear about it in the state of the stack. Yeah, stay the stack. These get a lot easier now that I do those those notes every day. Um, so I can just add it up. So Wednesday we were up nine. Thursday ninety one. Then the weekend 
Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 136. Then we were up 31 on Monday and then down 23 yesterday. So that adds up to 236, about 245. So, wow, that's a, that's a very good week. I didn't even realize it had been that good a week. That puts us over $500 for the month for sure. I'd have to look at what the exact uh, number is, but really strong week. And, you know, being up every day of the week up until yesterday is, I mean, that's all you can ask for, right? <laughs> um, I would say that the big hits, uh, the, the one big hit was obvious, $118 hit, the touchdown parlay. Uh, Travis Kelsey with the shovel pass catch to cash it for us. So um, plus 11.87 that was. Definitely one of my favorite hits in recent memory just because even if it wasn't the highest like tracking dollar amount, just because uh, before last week's PBT hits, I was getting given a hard time and, and not, I mean, not rightfully so, but, but some people were sort of lamenting that they had higher FanDuel maxes. Like some people have higher FanDuel maxes, some people have higher DraftKings maxes, but the people that had higher FanDuel maxes were saying we're doing so well in DraftKings, but we're struggling on FanDuel and I have $50 maxes for them, so it's it's 5x hurting. Well, um, we did we did have you know uh, a decent hit before that, but this one was the big one. Plus 11.87 means that if you have higher maxes on FanDuel, you're actually doing phenomenally well. Uh, and that was a very exciting hit. So, uh, you know, Jameer Gibbs had like a late touchdown in his game. And then we obviously had the, the Kelsey touchdown, which I was getting a little nervous about. I think it happened in the third quarter. Uh, maybe it was late second quarter. He was racking up all these yards and then he kept getting tackled uh, before the goal line. So happy that, that hit. Um, the other big hits for the week. Uh, looks like it was pretty spread out, to be honest with you. Uh, we had the DraftKings college football parlay. Uh, it was like a reduced hit. FanDuel boosted pretty well. Uh, Caesars is really the only place that's, that was struggling. Uh, it was nice that we had all these profits, even when the higher the higher max place uh, struggled because we we lost both of the the parlays. And that was those were like thirty dollars each, and then we lost the um, from the NBA promo. We got two fifty percent maxes, and we lost both of those. So that was a minus a hundred there. So actually, just off of Caesars, like FanDuel didn't even cover that from the one hit, but we did so well everywhere else. We had a no sweat win. Um, we had some free bets hit. We had, uh, like I said, the DraftKings college football. I'm just scrolling through here. Uh, Caesar ETN. And then, like I said, FanDuel boosted well. We had FanDuel free bet. So just a good week all around. We had uh, the FanDuel PBT hit Monday night. That was the uh, Niners third quarter line that, that cashed that. That was a fun bet to root for. So all good things. Uh, and the boosts are doing very well. I know that people seem extra sensitive to those. So really just a, a strong week on Twitter. Um, the Discord, I don't have the, the notes app as, as beautifully done out as it. I think it was after like an amazing couple months. I think it was a little bit more average if I'm remembering right. Oh, no. Well, our, I mean, MGM had another... <laughs> Had another really good weekend. Um, Bet365 had another really good weekend. Bar okay, I guess it was a pretty good week. Uh, Barstool had a really good week. Camby just had the free bet hit yesterday. I don't, you know, I don't know if I would call it a really good week for them. But yeah, I guess everything's going really, really well. It's you know I've been so busy lately. I haven't... Like in the summer, when things are quiet, it's like every bet. You remember every bet. You're into every bet. And if you were 
if you were up, it was awesome. And if you were down, it was, it was terrible. And it was, you know, cause you only had two, three bets a day. Now with like 30 bets, uh, I'm not even, I'm not quite as tuned in to how each bet's doing, but just scrolling through, uh, clearly a, a very good Twitter and a very good discord week. So we love that. Um, and hopefully NBA only brings more profits, um, to everything that we're doing. Yeah. Love that. And f- can fully, can fully commiserate, or I guess can fully agree with the fact that when you're betting on 17 different things, it's hard to track them all. And you kind of just have to trust the process even more and know that at the end of the day, if you're taking all the right things and following the system, uh, you'll end up in the green. Uh, it's hard. It, it's a, it, sometimes a bit more fun when you only have that one play that you're really, you're really watching the full game really into it. But um, that's the fun of NBA season. Oh, I com- I completely disagree. I think this is so much more fun just because, but I also maybe think about gambling a little bit different, but this is like, we have all this volume. It's probably going to work out. I don't need, like, we're not going to go over and, you know, you just like, you get all this quantity and frankly, uh, not to, to cut into the gambling landscape update, but you get all of this all these promos, all these plus EV plays, all this other stuff that we're finding. I, I know Price Picks has done pretty well too. And it's like, as long as you're following this stuff, you can just watch football. You can watch all these sports, enjoy. Yeah, some of the bigger ones, like when we had two touchdowns, I was rooting for Kelsey to have a touchdown. But you can also just enjoy, like tracking along some of the bigger ones that are that are close. You don't have, you know, you don't have to like just grind through. Oh, we have over four and a half first half runs in the Philly Diamondbacks game. And I'm going to like stress every out. Like that's when I find gambling less enjoyable. I, I like it more when we just have all these plays going on and let me just tune in when they're close. Like we had the great hit yesterday, the, uh, the LeBron Jokic one, right? You know, I was sort of half following along, seeing how they're doing. And then it got really tight late. And obviously it's more fun when it wins, but I guess it's more like the red zone for betting, I feel like, right now. As opposed to watching a whole game, you can just cut to the ones that are close at the end and enjoy those. So you, you get more of a thrill out of it. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely fun being able to have this much action going on in the NBA. And you said you don't want to jump into the gambling landscape update, but I think let's start to push that way a little bit. No, let's do it. So this week, DraftKings overtook FanDuel. I kind of want to know why that is is it their user interface being better is it like better marketing it feels like these two continue to swing back and forth so is it just who's offering better promos that month usually takes the crown yeah okay so let's get into so what uh, nick is referring to i'm looking for the article but basically an article came out that said that DraftKings has overtaken vandal from a market share perspective now i don't have it in front of me but this, these, these results are always going to be at least a little bit delayed. Like it wasn't like a this week or this past Sunday type thing. It, it was probably over the last few months uh, that that happened. And I, I, you know, I don't want to overbeat this drum, but this is to me a direct, direct result of the more money you put into promos, the more market share you get. It's, it's pretty simple. I don't know if this included promos as part of betting, but that usually isn't like an overwhelming amount. I just think time like if you look at the correlation between the EV rankings and how like the market share rankings do, it is it's actually crazy. So when FanDuel last last year 
and we, we didn't have the podcast yet, but I talked about it a lot, and I've talked about it since on the podcast, when they weren't, when they really stepped up, like every day they were doing stuff and then DraftKings and Caesars went away, their market share went through the roof. Now, we've talked about it a lot, DraftKings is coming really hot. FanDuel's tried to take a step back. Uh, they've limited a few things a little bit more. And I'm not talking about NFL, I'm really talking about like what they did this summer. It just hasn't been the same. And and everybody said FanDuel's unbeatable. They have this massive market share lead. I think there was one stat that said they were 50% of the entire market at one point. And, oh, their UI is unbeatable and they're just the big brand. I think they felt that they could take a step back and see if, you know, some of the money that they're spending on in marketing on promos can be taken away and they can keep that market share. And they've been proven completely wrong. I think they know it. You've seen them take a big step up. We've seen more boosts lately. We've seen just a flooding of PBT. So I would not be surprised if FanDuel came back. But yeah, this is a direct result of promotions. And it is easily the most efficient way a sportsbook can increase their market share. So I, so if it's just who offers up more promos and boosts, uh, like, are there going to be, is there space for anyone else to enter the marketplace and compete with them? Or is the next play for them probably acquiring one of the like third or fourth, uh, an MGM or a Caesars to try and like really start to dominate the market over each other? Because it does feel to me like it's good for the gamblers. We're just going to, they're going to have to keep offering promos to, to try and win back market share. Is there a way that this cycle kind of ends by an acquisition? Yeah, it's a great question. So I would say that so two years ago-ish, I started the, the promo guy account, right? Maybe a little more than that now. Yeah, definitely. It was April 21. So I guess that would be two and a half years ago I started the account. And I think that most people, myself included, would not have expected the promotion market to be thriving as much as it is right now. And yeah, does it mean it's it's the same as it was when the account started? No, it's not. Uh, a few books have left. Uh, FanDuel, you know, some of the maxes are lower, even if they are giving higher quality. It's just, it's it's a bit less, right? So if we were averaging a thousand before, we're average, you know, using a similar method, we're probably averaging six or 700. So it's it's a small step back. But I think that most people would not expect it to be thriving as much as it is. And that's because you look at Europe and just sort of logically, like a lot of, a lot of this stuff was expected to go away and, and it hasn't. So do I think that there's, do I think that they can just end it with an acquisition? No, I, I, I don't think, well, first of all, I don't think FanDuel's like buying Caesars or, you know, any of the parent companies are doing any of that anytime soon, because I think that, you know, these third and fourth books are doing fine. Uh, and I, I also don't think it's overly relevant. Like the smaller books are becoming less and less relevant, but there are books that are that are making their way. Bet365 has really stepped up and they, they, they came out hot, but now they've sort of continued and almost ramped it up with, with the busy season of promotions. If they enter more states, absolutely they can be a player. Fanatics, maybe we could see like they're, they're ramping stuff up too. Uh, I don't pay a ton of attention to Fanatics, but I have Plus EV Iowa doing it uh, in the Discord. And like he is posting a lot. <laughs> so uh they're definitely making a push and then you know who knows what happens with espn bet but i think that you look at caesars and all the marketing they've done around jb smooth and Peyton manning and all that stuff stuff that really hasn't worked in my opinion if they just they or anyone else took that that marketing dollars and put it towards actual promotions or like the gronk kick that Fanduel did and they but if one of these places just really just 
loaded people up with promos, had me tweeting every day, had bigger accounts. Like you look now at all the bigger Twitter accounts, a few of them whom we've had on the show, a lot of their picks they're putting on Twitter involve boosts, involve profit boosts. Like on FanDuel, you see JD, like who wants a profit boost token play? Uh, you know, you're seeing that Kenny does this all the time, right? So that's how you engage people. It's how you get people on their app. It's how it's the most recent sports book app on someone's phone. And I think that anyone that, that becomes more aggressive doing that can very quickly become a player. I mean, you know, take DraftKings and FanDuel, for example. FanDuel's lead was insurmountable six months ago, a year ago. And now DraftKings has overtaken them. Yeah, it's interesting. So, and I, that doesn't really feel like the strategy that an ESPN will take just because of their production background. It feels like they're definitely going to lean more into a marketing approach rather than a promo play. So do we really think that they can make a large splash in the market? You also have to factor in the fact that they have the trusted name. And like there is something about that, especially with more casual gamblers or first time gamblers, that makes it feel a little bit more safe when it's a brand name that is associated with something other than gambling. It's just like the the home of sports. Does that end up affecting their market share that people kind of f- might feel safer with a brand name they're aware of? I definitely think that it will help them with customer acquisition. And I think that anyone, you know, I think the people that are deep, deep into the space don't care about that and maybe undervalue what that will ultimately entail. But people trust ESPN. You know, it's it's hard for casual people to like want to put their social security numbers into names that they don't trust. I think that ESPN will have an advantage from that perspective. That being said, when you're talking about not like customer acquisition is a goal only so that sports books can get people betting, right? But if all you're getting are very casual bettors and you don't do a bunch of promos to sort of keep them on the app, keep them engaged in betting, have them go to sleep thinking about their bets, like, you know, that's really what a lot of these sports books are trying to do to get you more engaged, get you more active. If they're not doing that stuff, it's not going to help their their market share numbers. Yeah, they'll they'll, they'll get people's casual, you know, $50 money line bets that have a very small amount of vig on them. But Barstool had a good thing going with that where they had, you know, loyal followers that were more more engaged in gambling that would follow some of the the big cat parlays of the world and and they actually had like a decent amount of profitability per customer. So I don't know. I, I feel like the switch is a little bit weird if if you're not gonna be you know, aggressively targeting sort of the the mainstream people. But I know people that are, you know, ESPN, but I think technically it switched over, uh, it looks like. And they didn't get into New York. Uh, I know that people still have like pretty hefty limits on there that carried over um, from Barstool. Those are all pretty bad signs, I would say, uh, for what we expect ESPN bet to do. But we'll see. They, They haven't really, you know, taken over, taken over. So we'll see. Yeah, it should be interesting to see how it plays out. Do you think the fact that ESPN has sports live rights will end up affecting anything? The fact that like you already, when wanting to watch the game, need to open up their app. And if they have options to gamble within that very same app. Yeah, I could, I mean, I could definitely see them into, I could definitely, yeah, I could definitely see them integrating uh, a lot of what they're doing into the app. I mean, I, <laughs> People make fun of me, like when I'm 
unable to like actually stream a game, but I follow along. I'm I'm totally on FanDuel. Uh, sometimes you can actually watch it, but I just mean it's you know looking at like the pitch by pitch, looking at how the odds change. It's faster than a lot of these like the non gambling apps. Uh, it's more accurate. Like you know, if I want to know how many tackles somebody has, I trust FanDuel's number there a lot more than something else partially because they have odds next to it so if you know it, it's just probably not going to be wrong or they, they made a serious mistake uh so i think the espn bet can absolutely succeed in incorporating a lot of that stuff and we'll just have to see but if there's one lesson we've taken from the last year it's don't do stupid commercials i highly doubt that fanduel saw much benefit from the gronk nonsense Super Bowl commercial versus how much they paid rather than something like Dinger Tuesday that keeps people engaged, you know, rather than a lot of, you know, DraftKings up 10 promo or even just like I saw a commercial yesterday and they were like, oh, we have no sweats every single day. Like that is, that's something that gets you betting on the app every day. Even if it's a $5 no sweat with a $2 EV, that's something that gets you betting on the app every day and rooting for your bets. And, and, you know, when you think, Oh, I want to make a bet. Your mind goes to DraftKings. It doesn't go to FanDuel. FanDuel doesn't have a competing play. Now, that being said, again, FanDuel has completely stepped it up in the last month or two. But this is why DraftKings has gone ahead. And this is sort of the... And, and it's the same reason why FanDuel went ahead a year ago. Um, so I think all of these play, places that want to keep up have learned that lesson and are are ramping up their promo scene, the Fanatics, the Bet365s of the world. And we'll see with the ESPN bet. Yeah, it'll be interesting because I I think that ESPN does have a head start in so many ways. Uh, you talked about how people trust them and it is a brand that people feel a bit more comfortable with. It'll just be interesting to see if they do. I can see them with their production background spending a lot on silly ads and thinking that the, the play is right. partnering with big name athletes and cool collaborations with big name companies because that's what's worked for them in the past. And I think it's going to be interesting to see if they have the right people that understand that the gambling space is a little different than most of the stuff they've been doing. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that'll work for them at all. If, if that's the direction they end up going, but uh, yeah, it will be interesting to, to monitor, like you said. Yeah. Well, let's keep it moving. Uh, let's get to a quick break and we'll be right back. We'll do a little bit of an NBA preview and we'll hit grinds my gears. Uh, we'll be right back after this break. I'm in love with Mojo Fantasy. It's a crazy new app that turns sportsbook odds and selections into fantasy contests. Here's how it works. There are thousands of NFL and MLB player props. You build a portfolio, and the better your portfolio performs, the more cash you win. Pick as many props as you want and try and beat the crowd. Also, you can compare their lines to sportsbook lines to help yourself beat the crowd. Always EV bet. <laughs> anyway, it's that simple. Make picks, make moves, make money. Check it out on the App Store now. They're coming to more states and adding more sports soon. All right, welcome back in. Um, For the beginning of our B Block, we wanted to talk quickly about a few NBA teams that we're very excited to watch. We did a bit of an NBA pre- betting preview last week, so we didn't want to offer, we didn't want to talk about a bunch of plays that we like. We just wanted to talk about which three teams 
we are most excited to each watch this season. And this isn't just the best teams. This is when when our group chat goes off and it says like, hey, Steph Curry has 40 going into the third. Who do we want? Who are we changing the channel to go watch every single Wednesday night throughout the NBA season? So we'll start with TPG's teams first. TPG, who is your number three league pass team this year? Yeah, definitely just wanted to reiterate, check out the last episode. Uh, Maltman did a great job, and he's a really good follow, so we had a lot of fun with that. Um, okay, the number three league pass team for me will be the New Orleans Pelicans. I honestly just really like watching Zion play. I think that he's such a force, and I know that I'm setting myself up for disappointment in terms of he's only going to play like 30 games and a, but I still think the rest of the team you got Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, like it's a, it's a pretty like entertaining team. I, I always find myself enjoying the uh the Pelicans when I watch them, but I really just like watching Zion. Yeah, it's hard not to. I I honestly kind of liked betting him to win MVP this year at like I think it was like 50 to 1. It was I didn't end up taking it. It's just it there is a version of him that we've seen that is one of the five to 10 best players in the league. And he could take a step forward. It seems like he was pretty focused this off season. That team could just be dangerous. Uh, if we get him. We were talking about this yesterday, but the, the award setup is, so, it feels like it, a lot of it gets determined the year before or the playoffs before the off season before. And I think that, so from our discussion, like, you know, we think that Embiid would have a really hard time winning MVP this year because he won it last year and it was close. And then, you know, he still hasn't gotten past the second round. Jokic was kind of a victim of that last year. And you look at like previous times, you know, LeBron kind of got hurt in 2010 because people didn't want to give it to him after switching over to the Heat. Westbrook won it after Durant left, which was, you know, partially, obviously these guys all had great years. You have to, but he had a close race with Harden and you kind of need the narrative. Yeah, you you need the stats, but like you can you can look through right in the in the off season and say is the narrative there and kind of. I think for Zion, it absolutely is. Yeah, because they were so good with him and so bad without him. If they're really good with him again, you sort of get that LeBron effect of look at how good they are when he plays and look at how much they depend on him. Which actually, complete tangent. I. <laughs> I saw this stat the other day, and I had seen it before, but I, I got reminded of it, uh, I guess, yesterday when LeBron went plus seven, and they, they lost by, like, 12. What do you think? So, you know how they got swept by the Spurs, and everyone's like, oh, LeBron's yeah. terrible. When he was, like, a kid, it was, like, 2006, 2007, and LeBron was terrible, and his numbers are terrible, uh, and they were completely overmatched. Like, it was the most one-sided series. What do you think LeBron's plus-minus was in that series? They got swept, and he played 44 minutes a game. So, he only sat. Four or five minutes each game on average. Yeah, he that means he sat sixteen minutes. So in right, and they got swept. What do you think his plus minus was in the series? I'm gonna guess that he was like plus six. No, he was he was minus four. But I still think that's the craziest stat. He was plus six in the home game. That's wild. It's wild because his stats were twenty two seven and seven, which are pedestrian given what his usage likely was, and like you know, it's LeBron. Field goal percentage, and this was him coming off of that Pistons series where he he scored 29 of 30 over. Field goal percentage was 35. Three-point percentage was 20%. 
<laughs> it was minus four. They were plus six in the home games, and he played 42 and 46 minutes. And they got swept. That's that's crazy. I think that's crazy. Uh, especially just like how we all remember that series. Like, oh, they had no chance. They were They were overwhelmed. But like... We saw LeBron since then play 47 minutes a game. You wonder what that series would have looked like if he played a couple more minutes. Like it might have been 2-2 uh, heading back to San Antonio. They'd probably still lose, but minus four for the whole series. I think that's crazy. Uh, anyway, where were we? Number two league pass team? I think it's my turn for my number three. My number three is uh, my, my number three is going to be the Knicks. I think that what they have brewing in New York is going to be pretty special. I think all of these Villanova kids, you have... This is probably the deepest team oh, that geez. still has strong players on the front line. You have Brunson and Randall are either all-stars or borderline all-stars. I just think this is one of the few teams in the league where you have the continuity is there. Most of the most teams in the league, you don't have guys that have been there for three, four, five years like the Knicks do. Um, a lot of it is homegrown talent, and it just feels like this is a team that New York is really behind. And I think it's always fun, even if you're not in the building, to watch on TV as the garden goes crazy. So uh, I'm going to go with the Knicks. That was literally the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. I mean, you ha- you you <laughs> have to love this team. It's a, it's. Are we talking about the same it's Knicks such team? such a lovable team. That was the most propaganda. The garden is special. Homegrown talent. The deepest team in the league that I have ever heard. This is embarrassing. Why don't you just make them their, your number one? Okay. Well, the, I didn't say it was the deepest team in the league that I've ever seen. There are a few teams that might be a little bit more fun to watch this year, but the, I'm telling you, the Knicks are going to compete with every single team. that Every team that they're supposed to beat will be a close game because they're the Knicks, and every team that's better than them. that were the, who's, their, who's their seventh best player? Their seventh best player is like Quickly, who was second and sixth man voting last year. No, he's like their fourth best player. It's. It, I think it goes Brunson. It's Brunson, R- Barrett, Randall, however you want to do those top three. Then it's quickly, no? Then like Hart? I think it's probably Hart, four, maybe Randall. F- I mean, sorry, maybe quickly, five. Okay. I mean, does it then get to like... like Mitchell Robinson? Like how is this Mitchell the Robinson team? and DiVincenzo. Okay. All right. Anyway. Just watch. Uh, the pieces fit. <laughs> All right, that'll be they'll be a they'll be a fun six seed, I guess. Oh, I'm forgetting Quentin Grimes. Watch what Grimes does this year. So my second team for the league pass rankings, Oklahoma City Thunder. Yep. I had a lot of fun watching them last year. Shea's really exciting. I I, I really enjoy watching Giddy. Uh, now you add Chet into the to the mix. You got the the Jalen Williams duo. Uh, I think that they'll be a really fun team to watch. They were last year. They're young. It's also fun, like, when you have teams that are trying every night. You know, a lot of the the older teams kind of slug it out a little bit more. Guys sit, whatever. But Oklahoma City is going to be league pass material every night. So I'm going to go with OKC. Yeah, I, it, that's a fan favorite, and rightfully so. They're just so exciting and fun and young, and you barely even mentioned Chet. Like they they've got some fun stuff. I kind of like Chet's rookie of the year number numbers. I think he was plus three hundred. Yeah, uh, th- they'll be a fun team to watch. I'm gonna go with my p- second pick is the Cavs. I think they're a serious contender to finish first in the East. They get a lot deeper. They add the shooting on the wing that they've needed. They picked up Nyang and Struess this off season, so they don't have to be starting a Coro and Dean Wade on on the wing every game. 
I think that this team could be very, very good. You have young talent getting better in Mobley. You have two guards that are awesome to watch in Garland and Mitchell. I just think this is a really fun team. I think that we outlined this a lot last week. They just have a lot of upside. And I kind of love their coach of the year odds, 18 to 1. Because if they're them to finish first in the East or them to even just significantly outperform, they don't even necessarily need to finish first. If they're competing for first, everyone looks at it as Bucks and Celtics. And the narrative is there for it to be, oh, they have the Twin Towers, best defensive team in the league. All of a sudden, you see them at the top of the East. That's kind of a recipe for Coach of the Year in my mind. So I love the Cavs this year, and I'll be watching a lot of them. Nice. I like that one as well. Um, okay, my first one's easy. Uh, it's the San Antonio Spurs. I don't care if they only win 30-some-odd games. I want to watch Victor Romanyama play every single night. He is different from anything we've seen. This Whatever. I, I, I just think that watching people try and shoot over him, watching him develop and dribble through guys' legs and dunk on people and, you know, shoot over guys and make them look silly. Like, yeah, he's not the best player in the league yet, but I think it will be like, I'm just fascinated by him, I guess is what I would say. And that's something I I would happily have on every single night. Yeah. I mean, I'll be hate watching him. I'll be seeing if I, if my prediction that there's still time, Nick, nobody will remember. That you that you that you talk badly of him before, you can still change. Yeah, well, I'll go jump onto the to the, the hefty bandwagon. While I stay safely away from the bandwagon, I will go with my number one pick. I'll go almost the exact opposite. While you're going with the young fun team that could win thirty games, I'm gonna go for the old aging vets that I'm hoping can eke out fifty. Um, I'll go with the Warriors. It was really fun watching the Chris Paul experiment start to play out. It was fun watching Kaminga, bat like chirp with some of these Suns guys the missed free throw where he got an offensive rebound put back in KD's face and let him hear it 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 just seems like this is a fun team that might actually finally be coming into its own I everyone's talked about how they were trying to do the two timeline thing and hopefully this is the year where some of those guys on the younger timeline start to step up um and then the old timeline has gotten even older uh we'll see Charles Barkley's quote from last night was awesome, that old guys don't get better, they just get older. And I'm excited to see. I think they're just fascinating. We That was an awesome game to watch, and we didn't even have Draymond in. So I'm excited to watch a lot of Warriors basketball this year. Yeah, you know, I guess my problem with putting them, well, I don't like putting any of the top teams on the league pass watch just because, like, the Warriors I've seen play and it looks relatively similar. I've seen him play a thousand times, right, over the last 10 years, and still Stephen Clay and Dre, and you have, like, Looney as the big guy, Wiggins coming up there. They feel sort of like that that same wing role that, like, Harrison Barnes used to, or I guess Kevin Durant used to as well. And it just, I feel like I've seen it with the Warriors. I would say the same about the Lakers and Nuggets, but more for them, I would be thinking... They're going to be on national TV all the time. They're going to make deep playoff. Well, like at least the Nuggets will likely make a, a deep playoff run. Like we, I just feel like, especially if LeBron's only playing 29 minutes, like I just feel like we've, we've seen a lot of these top teams and we're going to see them on national TV all the time. And we're likely going to see them in the playoffs um, where, where it's just like, why use my league pass one on it? 
And yeah, I'm sure the Spurs have a bunch of national television games. I actually, I'm not sure. Do they come out with it before the draft? Regardless, I still want to watch them every night. So whatever. <laughs> uh, okay, grinds my gears. Uh, let's hear it. What's got you fired up this week? You know what really grinds my gears? What's got me fired up this week and what really grinds my gears is people making fun of Boos for clout. And yeah, I know that this has been happening since before I had a Twitter account. But every time a boost loses, or even when like Waddle got hurt and that boost ended up hitting, uh, but like Waddle gets hurt in the whole timeline. And I don't really mind like the, you know, whatever. I have 69 point something thousand followers. Like a bunch of them bet the boost when I tweet it. I don't mind that like a couple people who bet it are like, oh man, Waddle got hurt. Like, of course he did. Like, oh, our luck. Like, whatever that happens, you, you're dealing with a lot of people and naturally that's going to happen. But when it's like, I'm not going to call anyone out, but when it's like these big, nearly 100,000 follower accounts that are out there making fun of the boost every time they lose or every time they might lose or saying, oh no, this guy's in a boost. Like, they're just doing it for the Elon bucks, for the engagement, and it's like precipitated into their followers of, oh, I can't take a boost. I would never take a boost. Well, guess what? Since there was a very annoying, you know, bang tweet on, I think it was Bills to score in every quarter that was like clearly making fun of me from a guy who I thought I've always gotten along well with and whatever. I'm sure it wasn't personal things, just looking for engagement, but like every boost is hit or, or the boosts have done extraordinarily well. I can assure you that FanDuel boosts and DraftKings boosts, even though everybody replies, oh, they did this passing yards boost because, <laughs> because it's windy and then it hit. Or, oh, they did the LeBron Jokic because, what did I hear? That the Nuggets are good against small forwards because we're going to call LeBron just a generic small forward. And the Lakers are good against centers. Like, okay, LeBron and Jokic both scored a bunch of points in the playoff series like a second ago. Uh, like, no, the NBA boosts are just the top guys getting boosted to really good odds, especially lately. FanDuel's picked up the EV on their plays. DraftKings just boosts, like, the top guys playing that night to do something interesting. It's encouraging. Well, first, it's just lame. It's lame to make fun of bets that, like, do better than you'll ever do betting. And uh, this is not... At one person, I can think of six people up top of my head. Uh, you know, get some engagement by winning your own bets, by putting out plays on Twitter. And the other thing I'll say is that, like, there's really nothing that special. Like, you know, all these people have convinced their followers that that the, the FanDuel wizard knows, or the DraftKings Super Boost guy knows when Herbert's not going to throw a touchdown. Like, no, it's just, hey, yesterday, who were the biggest guys playing? Uh, it was LeBron James, ever heard of him, and Nikola Jokic. Yeah, I've heard of them. Okay, so everybody just had Jokic and LeBron boost because that's what they do every NBA night. <laughs> just like tonight, like there's already a boost out. Who are the biggest guys playing tonight? Uh, well, Victor Romanyama's playing and Luka Doncic. Okay, let's boost them up. Like, this isn't hard. They're not boosting like George's Nyang under eight and a half points because they know he's going to go off or like Grayson Allen, you know, over one and a half threes because they know he's going to ride the bench tonight. Like they're not, these aren't like these amazingly sharp plays and you're screwed if you were on the other side. No, they're, they're boosts that do very well and they're just the popular pick because it's marketing. 
because they want you to follow they want you to follow along and watch something interesting. They don't want you to to hope Grayson Allen comes into the game and hits a random three. Like that's just not what they do. And if you pay attention to the boosts, you'll see that it's always just, oh, what were the boosts on Sunday? Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert <laughs> to do passing stuff because they were like the interesting afternoon game. Uh whatever. I don't have all the boosts offhand, but it's it's always just the popular players. Like, oh, uh, it was a rushing yards one, like Christian McCaffrey and Tony Pollard when they played last week to combine for whatever rushing yards. Like uh, Tua, Tyreek, no, sorry, yeah, Tyreek, Waddle, and A.J. Brown were in all the boosts because they were the Sunday night game. Jeez, who were the biggest stars in the Eagles-Dolphins <laughs> game? It was those three guys. Okay, rant's over. It's just, it's just, it looks bad on you if you're out here if you're out here making fun of boosts that like continuously perform very well, their ROI is growing, but I think it's about 15% on the year. Like, why are you discouraging good gambling just because, oh, the books are coming up with the bet versus like me coming up with the bet. I'm so great at betting. <laughs> so like, I know better, but my play only lost because Jalen Waddle was in the FanDuel boost and he got hurt because he was in the FanDuel boost, not because guys get hurt and they just boost the stars and all you do is bet on stars overs as well. So you hate that you reconcile with the FanDuel boost all the time, but they do well and you don't because those odds are boosted and yours aren't. Like that's really all it is. A lot of these guys just bet on the top guys to get touchdowns, top guys to get yards, and then they blame, I'm like figuring this all out now, and then they blame FanDuel boost when one of those guys doesn't do well, they're like, oh, well, it was the right play. Like, what are the odds that Travis Kelsey had a bad game? Oh, well, he was in a Fanduel boost. Of course he had a bad game. <laughs> Whatever. Even though all the boosts have involved Kelsey since Taylor Swift showed up and his numbers have, like, doubled. But, <laughs> what? yeah, but, but yeah, it's the Fanduel boost. I mean, we, we've done yeah. the, the, what is it, the defend, no, Mythbusters. We did it early in the podcast and it was like, Oh, they know when Tatum's going to be bad. It might be time to bring that back, honestly. I think that it's time to just give another segment, like, take it. I know, it's too much work. There's too much work. Just, I know, it just shuts everyone up that, like, thinks that these FanDuel boosts are done to, like, that they have some type of inside knowledge that these stars are not going to show up or that they don't show up. But it's, like, this conspiracy theory Twitter world where, like, it just doesn't make sense. It's not just, like, there's obviously, like, EV people that say, oh, FanDuel wizard, whatever. Obviously, they don't really believe it, but a lot of it's, like, this sort of, oh, people are going to, it makes them feel better or something. But then there's also the, like, people are just so quick to just shit all over these books. Like, well, guess what? We're, <laughs> we, we can't do all this stuff without them. Like, I already know when DraftKings voids these SGPs, it's going to be like there was like a glitch that got out there. It's going to be mayhem, but it's the same people that are like begging and pleading for for refunds on injuries, and and that same those same people are going to say we just want what's fair. What's fair is you have to honor the bet, but we should also get refunded for injuries. Like it's so crazy, or people are like we're going crazy about like the not crazy crazy, but they were like oh, and I understand if if you think that. The max bet on FanDuel is going to go from 20 to 1667. That's something to be frustrated by. But it was clearly just a mistake that they had made and it's all 20 cents, just like I said it would be. And it's just like, it's just so quick to 
to believe that like these books are out to get you and whatever, like they want you to like them. That is their goal. <laughs> their goal is for you to like them. They don't want you to make a bunch of money off of them, obviously. And sometimes, and w- this podcast probably shits on the books more than anyone when they mess up, right? I mean, how many segments have we had going in on them and saying this isn't right and and these lines are criminal and the the, the gambling the gaming commission should go after them? Like we we go after them when when we should go after them. But there are also times like like you got to be reasonable for this whole thing to coexist. You can't tell me that they should refund like every single injury that happens and that they should honor like these ridiculous glitches. If you, if you cancel it hours before the game starts, that's fair. That's fair game. If it's egregious enough. And sometimes I have argued it's not egregious enough. If you have LeBron and AD each to get 10 points at 20 to one, (laughs) I have bad news for you. (laughs) Like that is a clear glitch. And it'll probably get voided, but whatever. They already sent out an email, so nobody blame me that I'm like bringing this attention. They already sent out an email to people saying it's under review, and they're almost certainly voiding it. So, anyway, that's my that's that's the end of the grinds my gears. Stop making fun of FanDuel boost and DraftKings boost and the books just for like engagement. When they mess up, we go after them. But it becomes like this boy cried wolf. Like if if somebody's if if FanDuel's putting out a twenty five percent EV boost. Like, why are you making fun of that? Why are you saying, oh, my plays are dead? Like, they perform exactly to their EV. I promise you they don't have an edge on Tyreek Hill yards. <laughs> and by the way, the last thing I'll say, Bijan Robinson was not boosted anywhere. Okay, maybe he was in a Fanatics boost, but there, I mean, there's so many boosts out there. If if there was actual collusion with this Bijan Robinson thing, and if there was actually, the, and the same exact people are crying, boost conspiracy theories? Why was Bijan Robinson not boosted on FanDuel or DraftKings? I would like somebody that is a boost conspiracy theorist to tell me why was Bijan Robinson not boosted on FanDuel or DraftKings? If there is collusion, if the boosts are rigged, why didn't they boost? I rest my keys. <laughs> and have a good day, yeah? Uh, I love it. Strong show. We'll talk next week. <laughs> All right, see you, Nick. Thanks. <laughs>